1: Zone Time is back in the year of our Lord 2022, the first episode of a brand new year. Omar from In The Mentions is here. Justin Cuthbert from Yahoo Sports is here. And uh, belated happy birthday to Avery Lewis McDougall, the hustler that he is. Uh, also with us as well. Tip of the cap as well. I'm also very glad he's here. Cuthbert too, obviously. The uh, the Edmonton Alberta connections between those two gentlemen. Of course, we need Omar's takes as well because of the fact that the Edmonton Oilers are the latest Canadian team going through some turmoil. Two wins in their last 12. Uh, Connor McDavid in COVID protocol. Uh, and and that oh I can't forget about our boy Dave Tippett calling out Miko Koskinen calling he out is a, is an understatement him. yeah that's true <laughs> he kind of he kind of railed on it. uh Avery I want to start with you with this because I have a very serious I have a very serious question I need to ask you about the Edmonton Oilers I don't know why you're smiling because it's very serious <laughs> 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 so all right well how soon can you coach this team. I can be in Toronto by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, by the time everyone gets this, uh, you, you mean today, right? Uh, today, well, today, the well okay, today.
2: I can be in today. Oh, wait, they play
1: Wednesday the or Thursday. Thursday. I don't Wednesday. have the schedule. They play them. Wednesday. They play Wednesday. So, yeah. so you should already
2: be in Toronto right now. What are you doing? I'll get your. I'll get when we're done taping here. I'll get. I'll get your red eye flight and be there by the time the game starts. You know, I'll get my nice three piece suit on. <laughs> you know, behind the bench, you can fly because a wise man once told me. A wise man once told me many years ago, "It's a dripper drown world," and I knew I knew how to swim years ago. Wow.
1: It's a dripper
2: drown world.
1: <laughs> it's a drip dr- uh, Avery, uh, yes. just and then we could go off of the rotation. After that, can you just give us the temperature of what it's like in Edmonton right now with the Oilers?
2: Uh with the Oilers, oh boy, it is about five thousand degrees when it comes to the hot seats of uh, Dave Tippett of Ken Holland right now. Like, the fans are not happy. And especially after the loss to the Rangers, a lot of people felt the Tippett shouldn't have called on Coskin in a game in which you could have really maybe uh, put blame on him for one of those goals. You could have put on Coskin. The rest of them, it was a goal where you saw it was deflection. So the goal where Duncan Keith was, I don't know, out of position by a good 200 feet. Like, this was not a game to blame on your goaltending. And if you start blaming your goaltender, if you don't blame the collective and put it on one player like that, you will lose the room very quickly if you haven't already.
3: Yeah. And I think the funny thing, I mean, is, to me, oh, sorry, go ahead, Omar. Yeah. I think the funny thing, uh, the funny thing is that when you compare it to like other losses that Edmonton had, like I'm thinking to like the 6 5 loss to, to New Jersey, like Mike Smith gives up six goals right? And then, but when Dave Tippett's asked about it, like, you don't see him, you don't see him, you know, bashing, goaltending, anything, like, the excuses come out, the deflections, bad bounces, and so on and so forth, and to Avery's point, like, the Oilers are so weak in goaltending that, like, it's it's arguably the most p- important position they have right now, considering the fact that they're not good defensively, and we're seeing it, we're seeing, you know, a like goal after goal being allowed, and, like, I think, like, one, one of my favorite advanced stats is goal saved above average, which pretty much shows, like, how bad your goalie is just because they're that goalie. So it takes their their state percentage and, and um, compares it to league average uh, um state percentage and pretty much gets like a whole number of how many goals your goalie allowed just because it's that goalie. And Miko Koskinen is like in the top 10 of like worst. Yeah, I think he's like at a minus 6.8 or something along with other goaltenders on bad teams like Philip Grubauer is there as well. So it's just like goaltending has been an issue with Edmonton for a while now. We knew it last year. Like, one of the big things in the, in the offseason was, like, they need to improve goaltending. What do they do? They bring back Mike Smith, yes. and they keep Koskinen. And then the defense doesn't get better. Arguably, the defense gets worse. So, like, yeah, I understand. I understand, you know, the, um, you know, the anger towards Koskinen and Mike Smith and to Dave Tiffitt. But, like, I, I the only person I'd be mad at is and Ken Holland. And, and how, like, you knew what the answers were, you knew what the issues were, and didn't do anything about it. And we're getting to the point where fans are now coming after McDavid and Drysdale saying they need to do much. Like, are you, what? <laughs> like, They're the last two on the list that, that need to get any heat whatsoever.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think with Tippett, it's like, this is clearly, like, his last desperation, I'm at my wit's end sort of comment, right? Like, I, it feels like he's exhausted. It feels like he sees maybe the writing on the wall. But he is right. I mean, the goaltending is just not good enough. And you can blame him. You can blame Koskinen. You can blame Peter Chiarelli uh, because he's the one that signed the contract three weeks before he was let go. But <laughs> I, I feel that. like you're right, Omar. You got to blame Ken Holland. Uh, I did some research on the Oilers earlier. And this isn't exact, but I was looking at all the goalies that exchanged hands that may be potential starters or have that pedigree at least. 22 different goaltenders exchanged hands in the last two summers that could be considered starters. Three of them were Nadelkovich, Fleury, Darcy Kemper, all traded for this past summer. So 22 goaltenders on this carousel going round and round, and Ken Holland can't jump on at any time. For what reason? I I honestly have no idea. He stood at the foot of that carousel and tried to get Philip Krubauer last summer or last offseason. The year before that, tried to get Jacob Markstrom, didn't get it. So it's like he's big game hunting, But after that, if plan A fails, he's got no answers. Ken Holland is the reason why they don't have quality goaltending. And Ken Holland, despite Peter Shrelly signing the contract, is the reason why the Oilers are drowning right now. And Nadalkovich went for like a third, didn't he? Yeah.
2: Like it was like third cheap.
4: We're We're, we're still
1: shaking our heads at that trade, even though Carolina, they they're pretty good right now. A lot of remember in the offseason,
4: we're all like Carolina got two new goaltenders. Yeah. Oilers could have Freddie Anderson. Oilers could have had Antti Ranta. Instead, they did nothing. They signed Mike Smith to a two-year deal. Right now, this is just a two-year deal for a forty-year-old, and kept Miko Koskinen. And they've been relying on Stuart Skinner this year. It is simply unacceptable that the Oilers are in the position they're in. Absolutely, like,
1: and I know we we've we've brought this narrative up from last year, where the Oilers with the players that they have up front with Connor and Leon, like it's imperative for them to maximize their window and do everything they can to build a winning hockey club. How could you put yourself in a position where your goaltending continues to be substandard? Yes, it was maybe something we didn't think about as much when they had the start that they had, but it was something that they were going to have to address eventually, but their defense too also could use some tuning up as well. I I don't know. I, I think that the, the Edmonton Oilers and the way that they're built right now, we're seeing the warts a lot more and the two wins in 12 games. It's not a good look for Ken. It's not a good look for management. Coaching might help in some ways. I still think that if Connor and Leon, if they feel they need a voice behind the bench, a new voice behind the bench, they need to deal do something with Dave Tippett. If they think he's okay and it's just the rest of the team needs to be fixed, then that's a whole other thing. But I I'm curious to know uh, at this stage right now, because we all know how winning, Cures a lot of ills. I'm curious to know if the two superstars in Edmonton, uh, if they really like Dave Tippett, if he really is a source of problems for them, uh, and if he's not, then really he doesn't need to deserve to be moved. And well, if it gets to a point where he does get moved, it's a question of, well, when is Mike Babcock going to take over? Because let's let's be real, here, every let's let's be real. Uh, look, I this is not me endorsing Mike Babcock to head coach but if you are going to tell me that Ken Holland finds himself in a position where he needs a head coach maybe Jay Woodcroft in Bakersfield doesn't work out and Mike Babcock's not getting any more of that Toronto money he's not going to give him a call his boy
3: like- I mean but here's the thing yeah for sure so the Oilers need to improve they need to improve in all areas they need to improve um, you know improve defensively so let's let's bring on Mike Babcock who literally like made Tyson Berry so bad. Like, so like, like, that's what, that's what people aren't talking about. Like a lot of people are saying like, oh yeah, it's great. You know, you know, Zach Hyman will, they'll, they'll reconnect there with just like, yeah, but like also like Cody CC and Tyson Berry also played for Babcock and they weren't good there and they're not good in Edmonton. So it's just like, I just feel like that would just be a move for the sake of moves. You know what I mean? It would just be like, it would just be something. So Ken Holland can say like, oh, well, you know, I tried to do something. I tried to, to you know, to change the team up a little bit, like I think we've all talked about it, like not even just in this episode, multiple times. Like the issues go be- uh, beyond the coach. It's not the playing style. Is they don't have the player personnel to get the job done. It's always rely on McDavid and Sidle. After that, that's it. Luckily, you know, I think Ryan Mc- uh, McLeod's been actually um, pretty decent the last two games. He's been contributing uh, offensively. But besides that, like. Who else is, Ryan Newton Hopkins has three goals? Like, why aren't we talking
1: about that? So it's just Wait, like three goals in like last how many games? No, like on the season. On the season.
2: He has the entire goals? season. He has three what? goals.
1: That's it. No, nah. like
2: no one's talking about nah. that. So Did he just like, sign
1: a deal too? Mm-hmm.
3: Right? So it's like they oh, the go beyond coaching. They go beyond coaching. <laughs> yeah, nah, I mean, I'm right. sensing Avery.
4: uh A little bit of a pattern, sorry to interrupt, uh, with, you know, Leaf retreads, Barry, CeCe and Hyman, maybe not to the same extent, but Babcock as well. I mean, I'm sure if there was anything that was going to bring Babcock back, the opportunity to coach Connor McDavid would be at the top of the list. But it just doesn't seem like a great fit to me. Like Babcock, I believe it was when Todd McClellan was with the coach. Love talking about how McDavid plays too much and Drysidel plays too much, mm-hmm. and that you need a balanced lineup. And that this is what part of his downfall in Toronto. But are you going to play an imbalance or are you going to play a balanced lineup in Edmonton with what they've got? It needs to be imbalanced because you need Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidel out there as much as possible to make up the ground that's being lost by the other lines. You mentioned Nugent Hopkins, three goals, the failure of that third line. I mean, you need them to play as much as possible. And it would go against everything that Babcock really stands for. But again, I think he would jump at that opportunity. But the one thing here, and I think this is speculative on my part, but I feel like Ken Holland Babcock and Mike Babcock hated each other by the end of their time in Detroit together. Babcock did leave. I think he saw the writing on the wall. But I feel like things had run their course between those two. And again, I don't know this for certain, just things that I've heard. But I don't know if it's it would be tenable between those two. I could be wrong there though.
1: Could I could I throw could I throw something out just before we give it to, to Avery? Because hmm. this sounds kind of weird to just kind of bring up. Uh and I don't mean to kind of just prop this up as 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 I'm not I'm not trying to make myself be like, oh, you know, dust shoulders off, like I'm this big dude. But once upon a time, I talked to Ken Holland and he made it seem as if him and and Mike Babcock were best friends even throughout the whole thing. <laughs> so I don't think that. I I think they're still good. I think they're still good. I think they're still best friends. I I think they're fine. I I don't think they had any issue. I think Mike Babcock just saw an opportunity to to cash out in Toronto. And Ken Holland was only able to pay out what he was able to pay out to Mike Babcock. And Mike Mm -hmm. Babcock just up and left. I don't know. I'm not convinced at least. And uh, that's a whole other story on how Ken Holland and I ended up talking. Uh, That... I was not convinced at the end of that conversation that uh, those two were not friends.
4: It is very possible. And again, I don't know this for certain and I'm not reporting anything and Mm -hmm. and that's that. But what just happened with Mike Babcock and management with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like this is a guy who is involved. He wants to have power. He fights for that power. It was a great relationship for a very long time. But in the end, they were in the same tug of war, I believe, as Babcock was engaged with the Maple Leafs. Are they going to revisit that? I'm not convinced that's going to happen, but maybe, maybe you're right. I, I, I would, you know, I don't think Ken Holland is just going to bury Babcock in a conversation with you like Babcock wouldn't bury Holland because everything was okay by the end of it. And he had that natural out. But again, I think Babcock is a guy that's sandpaper and I think there's friction all the time. That's just sort of my opinion. Avery go in.
2: No, Babcock is someone I think his act will wear very thin Edmonton. He's someone who I feel shouldn't coach again. I feel he still has not atoned uh, for his transgressions before the Maple Leafs. We know what happened there. But I feel if you're going to recycle an old name, I would much rather have a Claude Julien in the room who already coached Ola's back in the day with the Hamilton Bulldogs up uh, near the farm team back in the, in the 90s. He knows the team well back, back in the day. But I would much rather see this team promote uh, Jake. Um, Sorry, like one second. Wood, yeah. Woodcroft, Woodcroft, Jay Woodcroft. Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, we're asking from OJ Woodcroft, but also, if we're going to look at a coach of the future, I'd rather see them. And I've mentioned his name before, I believe, on this show. Go out there, go bold, and go get Ricard Gronberg from Switzerland. Go out there and bring in a new voice, a guy who is was won over in Europe, and NHL teams are still avoiding. the still a stigma of European. Coach. He can't coach here, which I think is so dumb. You see it in in the NBA. They'll go over and they'll hire European coaches. Hockey. The NHL has been around for 105 years, and we've only ever had two European-born coaches in the league. Two in
1: 105 years. You know who the Oilers should actually call if it gets to a point where they have to let go of Dave Tippett? You should call John (laughs) Tortorella. (laughs) No. <laughs> man walked away. you listen man
3: listen no, no no okay you see what okay for those who are watching on youtube avery just walked away that's avery is Connor mcdavid if john tortorella do don't, don't, like me. He'll, don't he'll get me like <laughs> he'll
2: get
4: up that and, would be, and walk
3: away that um, imagine that imagine
4: that, that. that no way that would be like uh, I, I will say like yeah. he can install <laughs> defensive systems and he can accentuate superstar players or temi panarin Had no trouble playing for John Tortorella because he had different rules. So maybe maybe it could work. But again, the criticism, the back and forth, the sub tweets between them, whatever. Like it's, uh, I just don't see that happening. But they've got to figure out. You're right, Julian. 29 and 97 have to have a conversation. They got to figure out right now because they can't waste any more time. There's the second wild card position. They got to figure out right now if it is tenable with Dave Tippett. And if it's not, they got to make the change right now. We just, we've seen the Bruce Boudreaux bump. It can happen. They cannot waste more time given the position they're in.
1: Are we going to get a jersey thrown on the ice at any point in Edmonton? Oh, we 1,000%. already have. I've already been done. Already have. 1,000%, but I think like- we've seen
4: two already.
2: They, yeah. did back, they did They it in 2015. I was, a, I was at a game in 2015, and where they threw six, they threw six on the ice in 2015. It's old they hat. Here. Six, yeah. six in one game.
3: It's getting bad, in man. One
2: game. How? One game.
3: I don't blame them. It's getting
2: bad. Right? People. Like, the, there yeah, was one earlier money. this season
4: too, right, Avery? No, I yeah, hear there you. There was one. one.
2: Yes, there was one <laughs> this season. So jersey tossing goes back to days of Ben Scrivens and Mark Fain. That's old hat here in this market.
1: <laughs> oh, People like Terry Jones and Jim Matheson were probably there the first day that ever happened in human history. <laughs> mm. It's only seven years ago. By the, yeah. By the way, probably
4: there. <laughs>
1: probably there. By the way, Terry Jones calling Nico Koskinen a COVID-related symptom? Inappropriate. Down to that was embarrassing. That that. That. He should have pulled yeah. up yeah. for that.
2: That was so out of line.
1: Yeah, so I mean, out of line. I mean, not the, the apparently not the worst thing he said. I, I, as, as an outsider's perspective, learning more about this guy, he doesn't come across as a uh, uh, as a good person uh, anyway. I'm not going to dump too much more on that, but uh, a lot of weird things going on in Edmonton. Uh, is Avery going to have to coach this team back to health? Are more jerseys going to have to be thrown on the ice for them to be better? Who knows? But I know at the trade deadline, if the Edmonton Oilers don't do anything. Oh, it's it could be a very painful spring and summer for them. Hey, maybe Omar could call off the Edmonton Oilers and actually get the one up on them this time. No, as opposed to what happened last year. I
3: learned. I learned my lesson. I'm not. I'm not gonna chirp the Oilers until I I have insurances. Um, I learned my lesson. I'm not gonna do that again. Such however, great. Oh, however. God.
1: I literally just said for
3: all, all I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say is that the next game Leafs and Oilers will be very interesting mm. um and just, either it's a game where everything cools down because even though yes even though yes, is going to this lot, you know losing you know dropping 10 of 12, if they win this game against the Leafs who are you know a good team in the east, then that's something that you can kind of say like, hey okay, you see we can use this as a stepping stone. But if they lose, then that's just you know that's just more more voices adding to the adding to the wave of negativity. And you know, losing losing to New Jersey, losing to the Rangers is one thing. You lose to the Leafs, you know, then. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this being like you know being pompous or anything. Like it's it's a different kind of loss losing to Toronto. So um, who knows? Maybe maybe that game is where is where Dave Tippett Tippett gets a gets a t- talk but i don't know who knows i think i think it was just i talked about like recently like um apparently like tippin might be good for the rest of the season i think i saw someone tweet that um so who knows see how that works
1: out yeah (laughs) Yeah, let's see how that goes (laughs) because you could be you could be good today and then gone tomorrow uh Mm -hmm. speaking of trying to project into the future it is 2022 uh in our I don't even know if it, you know, just like the last episode we recorded together, we were talking about resolutions and stuff like that, whether or not we're doing them or whatever, or goals, looking back at that. Uh, I was just curious for 2022, in terms of NHL storylines and predictions, I wanted to know if each of you guys could give me a prediction uh, for what we could see, It could be a storyline, could be, you know, a prediction it could be anything just 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 give me something that you think you're going to see that we're going to see in 2022 avery i'll start with you give me a prediction could be a player doing this well a storyline we could see maybe someone make saying something maybe someone getting hired it could be anything the canvas is yours all right this year we'll see the coyotes find a new home but
2: staying in arizona they'll okay. finalize mm-hmm. staying they will finalize in arizona
1: and they'll play the next year until the Intempri is built in Chase Field. Mm. Oh, yes, I I've, I've heard about that. Yes, Chase Field, the uh, the baseball stadium, that was something that was discussed. So, that's a that's a pretty safe bet, I think. I mean, maybe not safe, but I was expecting something a little bit more like out of out of this world in terms of a, pro- <laughs> of a proclamation, but that's 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 pretty safe. Cuth, do you have one?
4: Just going to say they better not delay the season anymore because they're going to be fighting for uh the center of the, of the stadium with the diamondbacks there. Uh, I'm going to go. I feel like the New York Rangers are going to be like the story of the second half. That's, I guess my prediction or what I think that like the real overriding storyline is going to be, is going to be what's happening with the New York Rangers, because like you look at their lineup and there's, there's special performances all over Adam Fox could win the Norris trophy for a second straight year. Uh, Shestierkin could be the Vesna Trophy winner with how he's played and how much backing seems to be behind him, uh, praising his play. Gerard Gallant, I don't know how you can't consider him for the Jack Adams with the job he's done uh, coming in and doing exactly what he did with the Vegas Golden Knights, only he's got more talent there for him to work with. Chris Kreider scoring all these goals. Mika Zabinijad starting to get it going. Artemi Panarin still has more to give, I think. I think there's a lot of positives around the New York Rangers right now who have ascended to number one in the Metropolitan Division, although Carolina does have several games in hand. I just think the New York Rangers have something going right now, and I think we're going to see a lot of support because we know New New York Rangers fan base, maybe not the loudest when the team's not great, but when they're good, Madison Square Garden is a sight to behold. So I think the Rangers are going to continue with this momentum, fight for the Metro Crown, be a force in the playoffs, and be the team that TNT and ESPN are fighting to have on their network when it matters the most. <laughs> um, I guess
3: for me, I like. I know. I know we've switched topics, but like, I, I'm looking at the standings and. I think the Oilers missed the playoffs, man. Like, I'm I'm looking <laughs> at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it
2: right right oh, now. They're okay.
3: in the second second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Like the the battles right now, like it's so tight. Yeah, like, Los Angeles has 37, Winnipeg has 35, San Jose's there, Vancouver is just on the on the up. Like, it's oh, yeah. po- and Colorado. I think Colorado has like five games in hand. So like, it's possible they like, they can they can completely miss. So like. And again, I'm not just saying this just because, you know, it, it's funny to rip on the Oilers. Like, like, believe me, I'm being completely objective here. Like, I'm looking at it, and, like, it's it's completely feasible that the Oilers miss. And at the very least, what they're doing right now, they're making it very, very difficult for themselves. Um, Because, like, if we, if we get down to, like, I don't know, maybe, like, the final week or two of the season, and, you know, they're putting themselves in a position where they, they might have to, you know, hope that other teams lose. And when you're doing that, and that's a dangerous game to play. So... If, if it's one team that had expectations this year, then you know that, that might have a lot of disappointments. I think it might be Edmonton, not only for what they're doing, but also for what teams around them are doing as well.
4: Cuth is smiling. I like how, I like how you promised to be nice and then doubled down <laughs> on the criticism after Edmonton. You know, you <laughs> know, <what? laughs> you just can't resist. You can't resist.
2: You, you know, what? I...
4: <laughs> yeah, go, yeah go, go
1: ahead, Avery. Go ahead. If go they ahead.
2: miss the playoffs, you got a clean house. Nicholson out, Um, Holland out. Tip it out. All three of them gotta be gone if they're a playoff team they see and if if they miss the playoffs. All three gotta be gone. I'm sorry. They've had their chances. No. And you miss, they all have to be out of a job by the summer. I'm sorry. No extended. But before out.
4: that, before that and before they make or miss the playoffs, they're probably gonna be one of the most active teams at the deadline. So that's another reason. Yeah. To be monitoring where they are, whether they're falling out, whether they're solidifying their spot. They Omar's right, they're gonna be one of the teams to watch here for the rest of the season, uh, yeah. for sure imagine the I headlines still... if they don't do anything
3: at the deadline oh like for God. me if they don't if, if ken Holmes doesn't do anything at the deadline that tells me he knows they're done because yeah. like that like i don't understand how you not how you don't do anything right so like if they like if they stand pat and he like stands up and says like oh you know what we believe on our team like no nah, no nah, dude like you like you you'll be you pulled the you pulled the shoot you raise the white flag like it's done because it, it's so it's so close it's so close like yeah. Even like even looking at the Pacific Division as a whole, like and hey, everything can change. Like Edmonton can win two games, and end up back in Thank back course. in one of the top three of, um of spots. But like because of the closeness, like every game matters,
1: and this stretch that they're going on is killing them. I, this is my prediction for twenty twenty two, and just keeping it on the theme of the Oilers, so I we, so many of us, whether in media, bloggers, people who cover the NHL, we like to make the point that the Edmonton Oilers are built as they are, and they can—they have to find a way to maximize Connor and Leon's production, and what if it gets to a point where Connor McDavid is just like, you know what, I'm fed up and I'm done. A lot of people have liked to put this out there. I'm going to make the prediction now. This might be the year we start hearing that unrest from Connor McDavid, and this might even be the year Connor McDavid says he either gives an ultimatum or straight up says he wants out. This is the year where Connor McDavid, if the Edmonton Oilers, they miss the playoffs, they fail to have a run in the playoffs if they make it. This is the year we realize Connor McDavid has fully embraced being a superstar. We were talking about the fact that he was feeling more comfortable in that skin with some of the media stuff that he was doing in the commercials. There's also the other side where you start pushing your weight around and start saying, hey, I could try to find, I could ask out of this situation if it does not improve. And before people start looking at the contract, we're talking about the best player in the National Hockey League. Every single team would want a piece of Connor McDavid. I think this is the year Connor McDavid lets it be known if stuff doesn't get any better, I'm finding a way out of here. I think this is the year where Connor McDavid says enough is enough if things do not improve. And we yeah. hear about it. No longer us just being like, man, I wonder if he's going to be upset. I think this is the year if things go bad, right, even if they make the playoffs and they're out in the first or second round this is going to be the year we're going to have a conversation, an episode of zone time where we're going to hear something from Connor McDavid, some report out there about how he is very unhappy with the situation in Edmonton. This is the year it happens. And he would have as every a right for-
4: too. as a former fan of the Edmonton Oilers, the worst moment of my, my uh, fandom career. If you want to put, if you want to put it that way was Chris Pronger after the run to the Stanley cup final, asking for a trade out of Edmonton. Uh, other reasons why, but if that ha- if that happened with Connor McDavid, the same thing that happened with Chris Pronger, where he was just totally out, blunt says it. I just want out. I- that would just be unbelievably heartbreaking for that uh, fan base. That would just be that would be the biggest story, definitely in hockey, and that would permeate other other uh, n- you know non hockey fans as well. That would be huge, huge, huge news.
1: Okay, I mm-hmm. want to throw out some other uh, some other questions that we could all deliver our predictions and guesses on uh i wrote a line about the leafs because we have to find a way to talk about the toronto maple leafs on this show um is this the year they actually went around this year is this the year they finally deliver on their promise you can just give me a yes you can give me a no you can give me a maybe so or i I guess a well a shrug i guess might do from omar i guess i don't know i don't know
3: (laughs) man (laughs) I don't know. They were supposed <laughs> to win around last year. But I don't know, man. You just gotta wait. Who, who's the opponent? Okay. Who's the opponent? <laughs> right. How'd like, they I don't lose? Know. They it's, gotta, it's like, okay, let me, let me look at it right now. Okay. So if, if the playoffs started tomorrow, the Leafs would face the Panthers. Do I have confidence that we beat the Panthers? Absolutely not. So I don't really? Know. I don't know. I don't. I, yeah. I, I, well, I don't. Who do you have more
1: confidence in the Leafs beating? The Lightning or the Panthers? Ooh, that's hard
3: ironically it is wait it's hard is is vasilevsky playing or not
4: yeah why don't he be playing
3: okay well okay if vasilevsky is playing then yeah, I'd rather face the panthers obviously because vasilevsky is just freaking unreal and also lightning fan (laughs) lightning fans have seen uh, a world without vasilevsky and it's not pretty (laughs) anyone watch that game with (laughs) with all those goals that i got uh, i got allowed brutal um yeah yeah, i I don't know i don't i don't i don't know and i think that's the that's, that's the, 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 fascinating thing about the Leafs. And, and this isn't to be funny. It's just like, you know, Paul McClain um, last year said, said something, you know, that's, that's so, so true. Like they have demons, man, they have demons, they have all this negativity. And as much as they want to say that, you know, like, Oh, like the, the past teams, have nothing to do with them. Like, like, I think, I think, uh, someone asked him about, um, the 2013 team that, that lost the first game seven, the first, um, um, and then I think like Marner and Matthews were like, oh well, you know we weren't on the team back then, so it does not matter? And then what happened? Like the like obviously it wasn't as dramatic, but like still you know losing Game Seven to Boston, so it's like they 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 will win around when they when they win around. And I,
0: I- this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: I, I, and I know, I know that's not like you know, the best analysis, but... You know, we've seen them do good, great things. We've seen a lot of great things from a lot of great players. I think, you know, players like Sandine and Lilligren have really stepped up in a great role, but, you know, there are a lot of question marks. Is Jake Muzzin going to be back to his regular self? Is, can Jack Campbell continue doing what he's been doing the entire season, which is literally he's putting up Bessna numbers? Um Who, who knows? So it, a lot of factors, you know, come into play. And I think it just eventually is going to come down to whether they've, actually get that killer instinct that they talked about at the end of last season. And if they can do it, if they can, if they can get past the, uh, the first round, then I think, I think the fan base will finally be ready to actually start legitimately having some optimism as to what they can do um, on a longer term.
1: Avery, do the Leafs win around this year? Yes or no? Uh
4: wow. See, I'm going
2: to, I'm going to say yes. But It would be funny, though, if they play the Panthers, and the Panthers get their first playoff win in 26 years. Yeah, have so long. Like, they've not won a playoff series since the 90s. If their first series would come <laughs> against the, the Leafs... Since the year they were in the final in 96. Yeah, shout out, yeah, shout out, we Croup. But, like, if they don't win uh, against the Leafs, like, if they, oh, my. Omar might just cancel his show if the Leafs lose again the first... He might cancel his show. He might just say, I'm done. Whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Time, whoa, out, whoa, time, time whoa. out, time out, yeah, time out. I just...
1: This hold brother on. just
2: got his show. Let's not we'll, let's not put that out there. Hold on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Omar I, might do himself because, you know, the pain will on. be too much.
1: <laughs> hold on. I just, is that is that true?
3: Yeah, the that's Panthers,
1: true. The, Pan- the, Panthers, so, the Panthers have not won a playoff series since 1996. That was so the point I was trying so to So what make.
3: you're telling me is that if the Leafs and the Panthers met in the playoffs, it'd be two teams who are desperately trying to win a round.
1: Yes, and the yeah, Panthers, okay, like so we I lose. did that one so we episode. lose. We lose. That, that one episode I was trying to make, the Panthers, like everyone makes a big deal about the Leafs not winning a round in like 17, 18 years. The Panthers have not won a playoff round since 1996. Leafs lose. Three. Drop drop to the wild card and face someone else. Right, <laughs> Cuthbert,
4: Cuthbert. I mean, the difference, the I guess, between the, the two droughts is that the Leafs do, or at least recently make the playoffs. I know the Panthers made it last year, but the Leafs have that heartbreak built in with all these first round losses in a row. Uh, It just, you know, I don't know. It heightens the importance of winning the division. If they win the division, they win a round. I think, I don't think they could beat Tampa in the first round. I think they could probably handle Florida. My prediction, I said it on, on radio last week was that leaf fans are just happy to be leaf fans again next summer or this coming summer. Uh, They were embarrassed to be leaf fans last summer And to be proud to be a Leaf fan again, I think something good has to happen, or I know something good has to happen in the playoffs. So I think it's going to happen because I think they're going to win the division. And I think if Boston's waiting there for them, it would be the greatest catharsis if the Leafs could beat Boston as a wild card in the first round of the playoffs. And I do think that's a possibility.
1: Okay. Uh, How about this next one? Which team ends up with Shane Wright in the draft lottery this year? It's a little bit tough to tell, I know, because... We don't have the full scope, but it seems as if there are some obvious teams that aren't going to make the final, but you could, you could throw the Edmonton Oilers in that discussion if you so chose,
4: you know, I'll answer your question with a question. Does it really matter? Uh, with the way he played at the World Juniors, do, are we lining up to get Shane Wright? Maybe, maybe we are. Maybe we shouldn't draw too many conclusions based on that. But I know which con- I know which prospect I want, and that's Connor McDar- Bedard. So I'll probably be better. Oh, or will probably be worse next year it, to try and be in position to get Bedard. Uh, but Arizona, Arizona is the worst team in the league. If the ping pong ball fall, falls their way, it'll be the Arizona Coyotes because they're that bad, and Wright probably won't help them all that much, which kind of sucks for them uh avery
2: yeah i'm gonna also say arizona too you know what Even if you know you know Kelly suck for the next little bit hey you know what mark shane Wright to the to the phoenix area give him you know your star for the phoenix area at least give him some joy having the first overall pick but yeah i think he was arizona as well and hey, at, least, at least when you're in tampa when sorry when they are in tempe tempe now the new arena in 2024 ish there you go you can mark him in your, in your brand new building there with shane wright
3: uh, uh, I just did one. the I just did the draft lottery simulator in Buffalo one so I'll say Buffalo. I think that, oh. That'd be cool. That'd be a, that'd be a nice. That'd be cuz imagine the right power. Oh, that'd be sick. Ooh. That'd be cool. The right
4: power. Yeah. The
3: right power, that'd be cool.
4: Buffalo. Yeah, so I hey, mean, why not? Arizona's Arizona's executing a perfect tank job right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'd like to see him go to Buffalo. Yeah. I think that. the Canadians are going to get it. I I mean, I that would be that
1: would be cool for them too. Like it's there. Yeah, it's there. It's in the draft. I I I mean, they're, I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad as the Coyotes are, but I think they're going to be bad enough that they're going to be like one or two. So they're going to end mm-hmm. up with Shane, Wright, Or they're going to end up with someone else, but they could also end up in four, which isn't the end of the world because the Detroit Red Wings picked fourth and they got more insider out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think they yeah. got Lucas imagine. Raymond in a similar situation yeah. too.
3: And imagine Tom they Gordon. end up with like their two, their two top centers, both right, right shots. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Cause Suzuki
4: they right? finish yeah. the descent next summer and, put yourself in position for Connor bedard
2: literally oh yeah that would be the game
4: changer if you're the oh yeah i'm with
1: cuthbert as well Connor bedard is the guy you want in 2023 final uh question for you guys will the national hockey league end its season on time you know with the covid postponements and the way the season's going uh who knows how that's going to go for teams going on with the covid cases are we going to be a situation where we're going to see Get teams just not able to finish their seasons. Are they going to be able to see stuff? We're going to see teams uh, just ending in like 70 games. Are we going to be in a situation where, you know, the Stanley Cup is going to have to be awarded like a week later? Like, how do you think this could shake out?
3: I think it just depends on how that that those 3 weeks in February go, right? Like I think that that's what they're using kind of as like the catch-up period. So I think if they can get a lot of those games re, you know redone in that time period then it might be looking good, but you know if we're at that point and they're 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 postponing further games even in the in the spot where they're supposed to, where they're supposed to be making games up then I think it's I think it'll be pretty tough and then and then you get into the conversation of okay well do we base the season on points percentage instead? Then you have instances like the, the bubble, where like I think I think wasn't it like oh my gosh I think like Buffalo and the Habs like had like the same points percentage, but like but like the Habs got in for I don't know I don't remember what the rules were, but do you get instances like that where you have teams who are like in playoff spots or in specific positions because of points percentage opposed to actual points, and then then you know the Stanley Cup gets awarded and you have all these like what ifs and stuff. So I think the the, the three weeks in February will be pretty telling as to whether uh, we end on time or not.
2: The league the league cannot afford to have a third straight season that is shortened COVID. So I think they will find a way to push on. And if that means having a team that's 80% AHL guys or ECHL guys, they will do it because it's money. They can the revenue in there of having another season shortened will hurt them in a major way. So I think yes, they will finish on time, and it could mean a cup final between the Utica Comets and the Bakers and the Bakersfield Condors, <laughs> or, or you, know, you might get you might get two A H L teams in a cup final. But the league will say we got our, our, our dates to fix. You know, got to make some money on revenue and arenas, so you might get an ECHL final. But the league will say, hey, we made it to the finish
1: line. Everybody played all their games. It was working wait, for them you, in their mind. Wait, Utica versus Bakersfield. Okay, Are Utica you saying working? we're getting. Okay. Okay, Are you saying LaValle we're LaValle getting a, make- a New Jersey Edmonton Stanley Cup final?
2: Put your uh, money down I, now. I, I put I just put two teams out there, Julian. I, I, don't quote me. on that. I just put two teams out there. Don't quote me on that, Julian.
1: I don't know. You, you you're <laughs> out there? Two really interesting AHL franchises there. I don't know. Fine, App- We'll
2: Abbersford circle back.
4: Again. We'll LaValle- circle back.
1: Laval <laughs> Abbotsford. LaValle-
2: How about that? Laval Abbotsford Cup final.
4: <laughs> maybe, maybe third time. Really? Third time's the charm for you there. Yeah. <laughs> try to Uh okay, Cuff, go ahead. Other than the Stanley Cup pick though, Avery's right, big big business will prevail. The hockey mm-hmm. might be bad, but if they're playing hockey games now when COVID's probably at its worst, uh I think with, you know, improved weather that 3 weeks mm-hmm. and just the desire to play that they're just going to trudge forward and the hockey might not be great. It won't be Laval in the Stanley Cup final, but we might see more of Laval and their ECHL team for that matter, but uh <laughs> yeah, the games get in. The games get in.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I got to watch uh, the Canadians uh, ECHL affiliate the other day. Uh, well, not the other day, like a couple months ago, actually, but uh, fun hockey. But uh, if we start seeing more of those guys for the Canadians, yeesh, it's uh well, as long as they compete, I guess. Anyway, that's going to do it for uh, the first episode of Zone Time for 2022. Omar, Avery, Cuff, thank you as always. And thank you for listening and watching wherever you listen or consume this podcast subscribe to uh wherever you listen to this podcast spotify apple wherever and on youtube of course because we have great fun stuff to come with zone time as well for the rest of this season uh for everybody i'm julian Singh, so long and peace